Yo, what's going on? Here we are. Q&A episode. Uh, I've been sent in some questions from Instagram and Discord. I'm just going to kind of compile them together and, you know, answer these questions out loud. Uh, I'll probably keep it a bit less serious at the start, then dive into some more serious questions and then end it on a on a nice one, on a, on a, on a light note. So the first question I have is a nice easy one. What made you decide to start a podcast? Um, purely, purely selfish, I think, because it's really just an excuse for me to catch up with friends that I haven't spoken to in a long time and get like a good conversation recorded so I can listen back to it and just enjoy what we spoke about. Um, I also don't often like to go out as much, so I don't often see these people a lot of the time. So yeah, it's, it's, a uh, a nice way for me to speak to friends and just enjoy their company again. Um, but I also think that, to my knowledge anyway, there wasn't enough, or there wasn't any, there might have been enough, um, podcasts speaking about mental health, specifically in people in creative outlets, if that's even the word, like musicians and actors and stuff. Like, I just wanted to shine a light on the kind of things that people go through so fans like every one of us can can relate and be like oh shit like the person who's acting in that film or the person who's performing on the stage looks wicked but then to find out they're actually going through the same shit as you I think is a it's a really interesting thing and I think it helps us grow as people to know that we're not on our own especially as men we're not on our own so yeah and I enjoy it. I enjoy, I enjoy the idea of speaking to people um, more so than than going out and drinking and doing everything. I just enjoy getting to know someone, and especially if I know them already, it's it's a uh, yeah, it's fun. Question number two: uh, If you didn't get into music as a career, what other job would you do? Um, I don't know if I can class music as my career because I don't earn any money from it. Pause for dramatic effect. Um, yeah. It's, it's definitely something that I would like to be my career. It's something that I've always wanted to do. And I feel like I'm, it's in my blood. Like I, I'm born to fucking do this thing and, and I will, I will do it until it drives me into the ground. Like there is nothing else I would, I, I, I think I could possibly do in this world than make music, especially make music with my friends and be able to be given the opportunity to speak about what I feel is really important to me. Um, that's what I really love about, about music. But the other job that I would do, I, th I think I answered it in, in the last episode. Uh, I would love to be a voice actor. I've always loved the idea of performing and portraying a character, but never really having to be on screen as the face of the character. It's something I've always wanted to do and I would love to get into. Um, I've just never really known how to go about doing it. And uh, I mean, maybe I could look into it. Who knows? Well, yeah, a voice actor. Oh, this is a fun one. Um, how many Star Wars Hot Toys figures do you have? Um, let's have a look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven Hot Toys figures of the Star Wars variety. Um, I love them. I think they're awesome. They have this thing that collectors call shelf presence 
you don't really have to pose them much for them to look fucking awesome on a shelf and just as display pieces. And I don't really have the time to, you know, be posing these characters how I would like with a, like a Marvel Legends or a, or a Fig Arts kind of thing. So to have these pieces that are, you know, they're about 12 inches tall, just like standing there looking fucking sick, brings me a lot of joy. So yeah, I love them. They're sick. Are you still collecting Power Rangers stuff? Now this is a fun one because I haven't collected any more since I last spoke to this person that sent the, sent the message. Um, it was one of those things that, that when Jason David Frank um, took his life, I think it was earlier this year or, or last year, it really made me notice and kind of make me become aware that I've been shutting away a lot of my childhood interests because of this thing called adulthood. And I, I spent the time after that just being like, fuck, why did I never collect any of this shit? I was so scared about what people thought of me. And there's this, there's this weird thing that's like, you've got, you know, you've got your Star Wars, you've got your Marvel, you've got Star Wars, Marvel, DC, like those kind of things are like right now anyway, are considered to be a cool thing. They're like an adult thing. People watch them films. They love them. Read the comics, everything like that. Power Rangers to me was something I watched as a kid. So it was never something I carried with me throughout my nerdiness, should we say. So yeah, when, when Jason died, it was like, shit, man, I need to start collecting some shit again because I remember how much I fucking loved it. Um, but I will, I will definitely get the dragon dagger when it comes out. I think they run out of the first lot. So they've, they're like remaking it again or something. Um, I'll definitely get that because I just wanted to play the little tune. Um, cause I've always wondered how he played the tune with the helmet on. Doesn't make sense to me, but it's power Rangers. Doesn't need to. All right. Um, favorite D and D class. That is a tough, I mean, I, I, I like being, um, I like being the tank roles, like, uh, uh, any kind of like hero shooter I play or like RPG, I'll always go for the, the big tank dude, the dude that can deal damage and take damage. So I think like an Oathbreaker Paladin for me would be cool. Um, I played that in Baldur's Gate three throughout the, like the, the second half of my playthrough. Yeah, I really enjoyed that a lot. And I'd probably stick with the tiefling because they're cool. They kind of look like devils. Got a tail and horns and shit. Um, or maybe... Is it the drow? I don't know. I'm talking to myself, so I'm not going to get an answer. I think it's the drow. They're they're a cool, um, cool little race. So, yeah, we'll go with that. Your style. It's different from the rest of the band. Obvious nods to new metal in the 2000s. Was that a conscientious choice? Now, I don't know whether he said conscientious or conscious choice. I'm going to go with either. It doesn't really matter. Um, my style has always been from the people around me and the people I grew up with. So I grew up with uh, a lot of friends that were in skateboarding. So that pushed me into wanting to skate all the time and through that came a love of like streetwear and workwear almost. And I always wore dickies. I loved that it was so simplistic yet you have your own kind of style to it. Uh, you can like pair it with whatever you want and it still looks kind of sick. 
So I just kind of stuck with that. Like it's simple. It's what I, I like wearing. Like I've never been into wearing track suits or trainers really. Um, it wasn't till I think I started with GN that I got my first pair of Air Max. That's what they do to you. They make you buy an Air Max 90 for like initiation when you come in. Um, so yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it is definitely influenced by nineties, um, new metal. Cause that's the era I grew up in, but mainly like skateboarding and just friends that I've hung out with. And I'm like, that's a cool style. I'd like to, you know, take that on as my own kind of thing as anyone does. Uh, what we got, um, do you have a tour planned for next year? We don't have a tour planned, but we plan to tour. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, as with all years, tours come and go. Um, we'll probably get some stuff early half of next year. Uh, nothing's been set in stone yet. I don't think we've had any offers or anything, but we'll definitely be out. That's, that's, that's what we do. Um, all right, let's get into the more kind of seriousy ones. How do you find being away from home on tour? Does it have a correlation to your mental health? Um, yeah. Being away on tour is the best thing and the worst thing for me. Uh, it's the best thing in the sense of I'm outside and with good people and I'm socializing with people that I normally wouldn't socialize with. Not because it's the type of person or anything. It's just, I, I, I don't, often like to find myself in social social situations sorry with people I don't know it takes it takes a lot for me to come out of my shell around new people um, unless we have a specific interest which is similar then I can speak for hours about this one topic it's a weird little trait um, but yeah being away from home is is like everything for me is here like in my in my flat in my home um when I have to leave my wife for a couple of weeks, it's tough, but it's more of like, I worry about things all the time. I, I think, yeah, kind of hypochondriac in that kind of way. I don't, I don't know where that came from. I know it developed over the last few years, but it's affected me in a way where I am constantly on edge and I can't really relax. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird one. I haven't really thought about it too much. I haven't thought into that. It's a good question. Um, I'm kind of like answering myself here and talking about shit. But yeah, it, it, it gets to me as it would anyone. Um, mental health in general would get to anyone, especially if they're away from home. But yeah, I've got good people around me and, and the right people are there. If I need to speak to someone, I know who to speak to in my band or in our touring crew or whatever. So yeah. What was the process of getting an ADHD diagnosis? How long you got? Fucking hell. Um, so I didn't know anything about ADHD. Um, I always just kind of thought it was the disruptive kids in school and the people that like didn't want to do work and shit. And, you know, it is that to an extent for some people, but for me, it was something I never even thought about. So when we were in that lockdown period, my wife, George was talking to me about the idea of, you know, maybe getting a diagnosis because she noticed all these traits that I think came out in lockdown because I wasn't so worried about having like this barrier up about how I act and shit. Like there was no masking. It was just me being me like weird as fuck. 
can't really concentrate on shit impulse buys everything and yeah she was like oh let's you know let's see about this thing so i looked into it um i looked at a place called psychiatry uk which is a company that basically you can basically refer yourself um through the nhs so what i did was i asked my doctor basically to sign this referral thing basically saying hey i want to be referred to this place so I had to fill out this form, which is called like an ASRS form. I might be wrong. Um, but with that, you know, you kind of fill out these like, it's kind of like a question like, oh, do you find yourself doing this at some points? And it's like a, a score from like one to five. So from that, yeah, I finished, filled that in, gave it to my GP. They sent it off. And the wait time then was about eight months, I think. So I'd waited eight months I think it was going, going on to nine months and I was like, okay, cool. Well, obviously it's, everyone's busy. So I, I, I never want to pester anyone because I know what it's like to be pestered at work when you're working on something like when the work piles up, you know, it's, it's a, it's a hard thing to get out of. And if someone's pestering you for like, where's my thing? Where's this? Where's that? Where's that? You know, it's just, there's, there, there's no point. So I was, I left, I left it for so long. I, I didn't really, I kind of just put it to the back of my mind. I didn't worry about it. I just did whatever. So then I phoned them up in what, September of last year. So that would have been nine, 10 months afterwards. I phoned them just to be like, Oh, Hey, um, I put forward this diagnosis thing. Like, do you know what's going on with it? And they were like, Oh yeah. Um, we should have contacted you, but we didn't. The files were lost and we couldn't process it for you. And I was like, Oh, wonderful like sick first of all why didn't you contact me because that's fucking stupid but anyway i had to redo that again so i had to redo my asrs form i had to then get referred again but then my new gp was like oh you have to go for a full physical for some reason i have no idea why you have to go for a full physical for something that's in your fucking brain but anyway i did that thing i mean it was cool because i found out that i'm perfectly fine um and then, yeah, another seven or eight months went by and I got a call and they said, hey, we've got your referral. We'd like to invite you for a, um, a diagnosis, diagnosis chat. And at that point I was like, fuck, like I'm going to have to leave the house and go to this place that I probably don't know where it is. Sit in a room with someone and have them talk to me like, mm, yeah, must be really tough. Yeah. Yeah. This sucks. Oh, and it, I, that, that filled me with anxiety because I, I couldn't think of anything worse. And then before the court ended, I was like, oh, do you know where I have to go for it? And they said, no, it's online only. And we'll call you. It's a video call. It'll take about an hour and they'll speak to you through all these things. So come to the day where I'm having my diagnosis. I'm on a video call. And the conversation was very much like, it goes through like childhood questions, like day-to-day questions, like all this other shit, like even down to like, do you, do you have a driver's license? And I said, no, like I find the idea of driving terrifying because I can't concentrate enough on certain things. And it worries me that I would do that and put someone else in danger kind of thing. And even that was like a, a tick in the box for them. They were like, okay, this, is, this makes sense. This makes sense. Um, and then I got the, the diagnosis on the spot and they said, you know, <laughs> wait, <laughs> funny thing is she was talking me through all of these things 
and like symptoms or whatever and like explaining all this shit to me and i was like oh yeah okay cool um by the way when do i get a diagnosis and she was like this is the diagnosis and i was like oh okay that makes way more sense um and as anyone with adhd um knows there also comes other things with it um it can it can vary between like autism traits and some other some other stuff um and yeah, it kind of all comes under the same thing. Cause if you've got one, you probably got the other. Um, and that was my case. So, but yeah, I, I, I didn't have to go on any medication or anything. Um, the psychiatrist that I was speaking to said, basically because I've been living with it for so long, I've adjusted to how my body works and how my mind works. So adding medication into that, you know, formula or some shit equation, that's the word, um, would just be pointless and it would, you know, the, the side effects would be worse than the benefits. So I was happy with that. I just wanted to know, I wanted to know what was going on with my head and it's a learning curve. It's something that I understand now. I, I, I know what it is that goes on in my head, but I also know now how to combat that. I know how to get myself out of situations. I know how to speak to people now instead of, you know, just, just speaking at them rather than you know, taking the time to listen and not butting in and stuff like that. I still, I still struggle with it now, but I know where my traits are and I know how to kind of prevent them. Not that you should prevent them though, because this whole thing about ADHD being a disorder really winds me up because I don't think it's a disorder. It's, it's a, it's a way of doing things that benefits you. Like for instance, I, I can focus on things that I really love for 12 hours in one go and just put my everything into this one thing. But then if someone comes up to me with something boring that I don't find interesting, it's a real chore for me to get through it because I have no interest in doing it. So it's finding ways of making monotonous tasks and, you know, boring kind of jobs fun in the certain way of like, oh, I know how to do this. Like I'll, I'll put it into little brackets and tick it off. Kind of like a list system. If I've got to do this one thing and then another thing and then another thing, if I've got it on a list and I know exactly what I'm doing and I can just tick it off, it's fucking perfect. Unless someone interrupts me and then that's a whole different thing. If someone interrupts me while I'm working or while I'm focusing on something, it's an uncontrolled, agitated rage of just, you just see red. You just kind of like that. I can't even explain the ADHD rage thing. You can probably search it up and understand, but it's just so infuriating to be stopped doing what you like doing. It's a weird thing. Um, but yeah, that's, that's enough about ADHD. It's not fun. Um, it needs to stop being glorified in the social media aspect of things. It really does suck and it is a chore to live with. But if you know what you're doing and you know how to cope with it, it is very beneficial in that sense. So I'm glad I got it. I think it's great. I, I, it's something I am at one with, you know, I'm at peace with it. But yeah, ADHD, everyone. How do you deal with the feeling of isolation? Uh, not very well. Not very well at all. I'm, I'm actually currently at home. My wife is away in Paris um, doing some work shit and I'm just here on my own. I'm fine with it. I'm good for a while. 
but if you left me to my own devices for a long time I think my, my thoughts would go to a a darker place which is not something I enjoy but I think the key to that is having a good support system having a good group of friends that you can confide in whether that's going out and spending time with them if that's what you're into or having a phone call playing video games together on discord or something that's my go-to choice that's that's where i feel comfortable wherever you can speak and enjoy an, an activity with other people really helps isolation and if you don't have that it's a really tough thing because you then have no escape and for me the longest for the longest time for me sorry my escape was movies my escape was movies video games tv shows anime comic books manga anything like that where I could escape to a different world and not be me for the next few hours was such a big beneficial help so yeah I encourage anyone that's that's going through this kind of isolation and isolated feelings that you know if you are interested in in movies and film and tv and stuff see if it helps I'm not saying it will but you never know until you try you know oh this next one so have you ever experienced a dark night of the soul moment and what was it now i have to search this up dark night of the soul dark night of the soul meaning the phrase dark night of the soul is often used informally to describe an extremely painful and difficult period in one's life um yes yes i have experienced it um I experienced it around March of this year, February or March of this year. I had an experience that I've had before. Um, I've had many times before and I was fine with it, but this time hit different and yeah, it, it changed me for forever, I think. Um, I don't know if there's a time that I've felt normal since. I don't think... I don't think I'll ever be normal. I don't know. It's a... It's a, oh, it's a tough thing to talk about. I won't explain what happened and I won't mention it. I'll, I'll speak about it when I'm ready for sure. But... Uh, there, will, there will be songs written about it. And... Yeah, hopefully it can help someone else, but yeah, that thing changed me for the worse. I think I've I, I become a really vile, you know, human to be around at times and yeah, I don't really know how to escape it. I don't know how to get around it. It's, um, it's changed how I see the world. It's changed how I see people. It's changed how I, how I walk changed my confidence it's changed just day-to-day -day life i used to be so energetic and um optimistic about shit and now i can only see the worst in people which is uh yeah it's a horrible way to be um i mentioned to my wife that i just i i, I watched this video of um someone basically saying like there comes a point in someone's life where it doesn't happen to everyone, but 
you will lose your way kind of thing. And I, I said this to George and I said, I, I, I've at this point in my life, I've definitely lost my way and I don't know how to come back from it. And I'm just kind of existing and trying to survive day to day without something fucked up happening. And it's a really fucking scary thing, but that would be my dark night of the soul. Just an awful fucking time. Fuck them. Ooh, that got dark. It's a nice short one today. Um, who would be your dream openers for the Underworld show? Now, because you've said dream, I'm going to go with people that I genuinely fucking love. Um, bands, sorry, that I genuinely fucking love. Um, I would love to have... This is a dream festival. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. It's not real. Um, dream, f- dream show, sorry, would be, I'd love to have Fightstar on because they're one of my favorite bands. And I'd also kind of like to have like, you know, Il Nino or POD on it. Like if I had all the money in the world and that could be the show, that that's what I'd do. Fightstar, POD, Graphic Nature insane it'd be so sick even if there's only two people in the crowd i'd be one of them it'd be so good um right is there anywhere you really want to play next year um it's probably the same place that i always want to play and it will happen one day because it has to i would love to play japan so much i just feel like it's the best place in the world it's so good it's got everything I like there. The food's great. People are great. Area's great. It's just, there's so much to do there that I feel like if we got offered a tour to play Japan or Asia, I would go out like a week before. Or if the if the tour stopped in Japan, like the last day was fucking Japan or some shit, I'd be like, all right, cool boys. I'm staying here for the next two weeks. And I'll see you at home. Like I would just stay there and just take everything in. Probably spend a shit ton of money as well. Some loads of One Piece stuff and other anime weeb shit. Yeah, Japan. Always. And it will happen. It's gonna. Oh, and the last one. I've heard you speak about it with other guests. But what is your favourite movie? That's a hard one. No, it's not. It's easy. I really love uh, Matt Reeves, the Batman. It's controversial. I know everyone loves the Dark Knight, but something about the Batman just spoke to me in a way that I I just fell in love with with everything from the film. I fell in love with how it was shot. I I loved the characters. I loved the kind of dark eeriness to it but also the detective side of it and it also made me appreciate batman more as a as a you know is he a superhero i don't think he's a superhero i think he's a vigilante of the night um yeah it really got me into the batman it really got me into batman sorry um so i started reading comic books and graphic novels and it made me watch the dc um universe animated movies which i thought were fucking incredible and I don't know why I slept on those for so long. Basically, if you want to watch something DC and you don't really like the live action shit, 
watch the animated movies, there's a list online in the order that you should watch them. And they're just so fucking good. And they're about six quid each now, I think. So you can definitely pick them up. I wish they were on a streaming site, though, because then you could watch them all. But yeah, that is everything I have for you today. I didn't have a lot of questions, but the questions I did have were fun. They were good. They were interesting. And yeah, some of them, I feel like, gave me the chance to speak about something out loud, which I haven't done before. And I feel like I should. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. And we'll be back in a week or so's time with our next guest. It's Connor Sweeney, my boy. So peace.